back to this It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. What is the uh, significance of that name? Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro-Giovanni and Dave Morris. That's what the people came to see. A 5-Minute Major Podcast. What took you so long to finally seal the deal, my man? Let's go. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Five Minute Major. Dave here, as always, with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Master Giovanni. Matt, how is it going this evening? Uh, it's going well. Um, I think that I had a little bit of a grown-up moment today where um, I work for a local school district and we had technically a snow day, but I think those are things of the past now. Uh, with yes. the ability to work remotely. So I still had to work even though my district was closed. So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, I did get to sleep in a little bit though, because technically we had a two hour delay and then they closed the district. So, uh, you know, got a little bit of a break, but then I was like texting my boss and I'm like, do we have to work today since the district's closed? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, ah, so, you know, didn't get the veg out all day, but it was nice, you know, working from home. As opposed to, I mean, driving, you know, 10 minutes, not even to my job. So <laughs> Such a far know. commute. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I mean, I sat around in, you know, pajama pants and Crocs and then had just, you know, presentable shirt to wear for my two uh, virtual meetings. But other than that, it was basically, you know, sitting on my laptop with TV on in the background and doing my thing. And I was like, this is pretty nice. So, yeah, well, yeah. you know, nice little change of pace. Technically, I guess you could call it a four-day weekend, you know, even though I did work today, but obviously yesterday was MLK Day. Um, I know, obviously, you know, a lot of places had off that were closed, uh, rightfully so, for such a big holiday. But, you know, actually have to go to work tomorrow, which is going to be a bummer. Uh, hopefully, you know, I don't have to wear my ice skates to get there because, holy hell, is it cold out. And, um, you know, I don't know what you guys got in your area, Dave. I think we got about two and a half inches of snow here um in the like Haparo Horsham area and then um I mean it was crazy too I think it rained after it snowed and with how cold it is I know I'm going into a full weather report here but with how cold Wait, it we is we cover uh, everything on five minute major yeah I mean I was my I was cleaning off my car before I went to the gym and it was like you know cleaning off an ice cube um there was a very like a thin layer of ice on top of everything, so I'm like smacking my roof to try to crack everything. Almost, it was actually pretty satisfying, um, like cracking all the ice on top. It's of It's like my a pre workout almost before going to the gym. Yeah, I was getting you know getting the shoulders warmed up, um, but I was like cracking the ice and then I would just brush it off. Um, it's nice to have remote start in my car, humble brag. Um, so like you know everything can get warmed up and stuff like that, but you know. I was glad that we actually finally got a real, like, you know, I, do you call it a snowstorm if we get a couple inches? It was a snowstorm. We, we got about, I want to say, closer to three inches, maybe three and a quarter down okay. here in Lafayette Hill slash Flower Town. And, of course, also we also got the nice little layer of ice. Yeah. So I, too, went out and cleaned off my car as well as my wife's car because um, I, too, have a nice little trek down to Newtown Square tomorrow for the office. Nice yeah. little 20-mile commute. Versus it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be there, interesting. But, uh, I think tonight and tomorrow might be a little bit more dicey, 
just because of the ice. The ice, um, yeah. But I am monitoring temperatures and also my personal schedule because if we get, you know, we're supposed to get a, an Arctic blast, as they're calling it, of weather here the next, I think, four or five days, maybe? More snow on Friday, too. Yeah. And but, another uh, one to three inches, supposedly. I'm, I'm officially raising the alarm for a pond hockey watch oh uh, because i know there's obviously a couple uh spots around the willow grove area which isn't too far from me uh that can you know freeze hopefully fingers crossed whatever you know spoons under the pillow is that what they do for that type of stuff too when there was a snow day i don't remember oh i think it was something like that anyway i never did it i just heard that was a thing um but spoons i got I dusted off the old wheels, my skates, and I have my stick both in my car. Don't call to come back. And, yeah, I mean, you know, I might be coming out of retirement for a brief outdoor game. Hey, listen, uh, there a roster spot just opened up on Dump and Change again. <laughs> Dude, I, I think I said this before, but, um, you know, if all the guys on the team are willing to pay money to buy me all new equipment, then, you know, more power to them, but... My hockey bag has been completely just rotting away in the basement of my apartment building, um, and I would definitely need a hazmat team to, <laughs> you know, or at least a power washer to get, you know, all of the, I don't even know what's on, like, I think everything just might be molded at this point, which is a bummer, because, like, I don't have anywhere to actually, like, put my bag besides my apartment that would, you know, also smell like a hockey locker room which i don't want to mm-hmm. um so you know i'm between a rock and a hard place where would i love to p- play again yes i do miss it at points especially with the fact that there could be pond hockey but i just don't know like i don't know where i put my bag um which is obviously the you know the hardest part the struggle you want everything to be aired out but you don't want you know your entire living space to smell like, like hockey yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> That's why I got lucky with the balcony out here. That's a very tough smell to get out once it's in. Um, Yes. But, yeah, we'll see. I might have to at least dig out my gloves um, so I can wear those if it does freeze over. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I do miss it and would love to start playing again. But I have to just take – I should have did it yesterday, I guess, or even I could have done it today, but kind of just dumped everything out of my bag and – checked on the condition of it all to see if I best seat the gear yeah like maybe at least wash some stuff or you know what I mean but um we'll see but the comeback could be happening sooner than later um but you know I don't also I also need to pay the bills um and spending you know $500 on hockey equipment isn't too much in the cards right now um I am going to save my own ass and say that I do have money saved up to buy a Flyer Stadium Series jersey whenever those do come out. Whenever they uh, get released, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll touch on that actually later this podcast. But, yeah, you know, I feel like I just got to prioritize more. And once I see what the condition of my equipment is like, you know, I might be making a call to the the GM, the owner-player coach of Dump and Change. Mm, yes, yes. So We'll, we'll always take – the your phone calls <laughs> um uh, you have to sign me to a pto just to make sure i can actually play again i'll have to talk to joshua barber and jason coley about that yeah seriously my, my alternate captains yep 
hell, just fucking park me in front of the net. Oh, I just dropped that bomb. Sorry. Um, just park me in front of the net, and I'll, you know, take up space there. Yeah, or we can throw you back on defense. That's true. I might have to. You, do... you are a stud shutdown D man. My second career be a defenseman as opposed to a grinder. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so, you know, that's how it's going now. Dave, we have some fun stuff to talk about tonight. Before we get to we our do. usual Flyers weekend review, um, the Flyers are hot. Not a big deal. Um, we'll go over that in depth. But um, obviously, the topic of discussion last, I was about to say last night, last week was the whole Cutter Gautier situation. Um, you know, obviously, I feel like people accepted things very quickly, which is good, where we can get past it. Um, you know, Jamie Drysdale has already played a handful of games with the Flyers, got his first point in his first game. He's played uh, two games and has two points. Yes. Um, so, you know, two more points than Carter Gauthier currently has in the NHL. But, um, Dave, like you said before we started recording, um, based off of a couple other hockey podcasts, uh, missing curfew and spitting chicklets just to credit them correctly uh there was some more information obviously you know that was a hot topic with danny briere being a guest on one of them and then you said scott hartnell was on spitting chicklets correct yes yeah danny okay. briere was on missing curfew on last friday um yes. and then scott hartnell was on today's episode of spitting chicklets gotcha so we like to give credit where credit is due but Dave, I'll let you take it away here. I didn't listen to either one of those podcasts, but I know you had some information on just kind of going back into the nitty gritty of kind of how, you know, the whole cutter situation went down prior to that bombshell trade, what, last week? Yes, so, just last Monday evening. Yeah. Um, so pretty much Danny Breer and Keith Jones kind of made it known that once they took over as president of hockey ops and general manager, the duo kind of inherited this problem. It sounds like Chuck Fletcher made certain promises to Cutter Gautier um, and told him things that then when Jonesy and Breer came in, they kind of had to say, well, hold up now, let's have a discussion here. So this all stems back to last March, when after Cutter's season at Boston College finished, he got in contact. Like literally the day that, uh, the day after Cutter Gautier's season at BC, um, the day prior was when Breer had the interim tag. I think he had the interim tag removed from him as GM of the team. He became like officially the GM. Just a little bit. There was a, a day in between the two things happening. Um, that being Breer being named GM and Cutter's season ending at Boston College. Cutter then contacted the Flyers and Breer and Jones and said, hey, listen, I want to sign. I want to turn pro. Let's get going right now. Uh, the Flyers then told him, hey, listen, um, if we sign you right now, we're going to run into some salary cap issues. Um, but, you know, once the season's over and we're all good to go with the salary cap, we'll sign you and we'll give you a shot to earn your chance on the roster come training camp next season but there is a chance where if you don't earn your spot on this on the nhl team you will be sent to the lehigh valley phantoms where you'll have to kind of pay your dues and earn your way and develop in the american hockey league um so the flyers told cutter gautier all that information uh cutter then you know took that for what whatever he would goes off to the world championships lights up at the world championships as we all know where he had you know seven goals in 10 games against nhl caliber talent nhl caliber talent at that point there when he got back from the worlds um his agent slash advisor 
contact the Flyers saying that Cutter Gauthier would not sign with the team and that he was officially requesting a team. Do not send anyone to speak to him. We're not going to do it. Give us, you know, yada, 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 whatever. We're not coming to Philadelphia. So the Flyers then, you know, still kind of did things how they did things where they tried to send John LeClaire and and Patrick Sharp up the BC to see him. He said, no, thank you. you know, send his college coach out to tell him, hey, he's not going to talk to you. Um, but then we also learned that Cutter and through his agent provided the Flyers with a list of National Hockey League teams that he'd be willing to accept a trade to. And mm-hmm. Scott Hartnell dropped t- today on the podcast that a good chunk of those teams told the Flyers, hey, thanks, but no thanks. We're not interested in acquiring a player like this who already essentially has this cocky attitude that he thinks he's entitled to be the National Hockey League without ever stepping foot and playing a minute, a second of National Hockey League ice hockey. Um, so, yeah, so it went from there. So it pretty much confirms our thoughts, Mash, and it definitely confirms my thoughts here, that the Flyers dodged a bullet and that Cutter Gauthier is a cocky punk little asshole who – Got used to being the best player on every team and having the red carpet thrown out for him and literally being handed everything to him just without having to earn it. Um, so the Flyers dodge a bullet here. Cutter Gauthier, like we said last week, can go kick rocks. And we are all about Jamie Drysdale and the hot, hot Philadelphia Flyers right now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a difference between a highly touted prospect and a generational talent where, you know, Cutter Gauthier is no Connor McDavid. He's no Sidney Crosby. He's no Alex Ovechkin. He's no Connor Bedard. Is he a great, you know, top prospect? Yes. But, you know, he's not a guy. Again, I think that's how, regardless of who you are, with some exceptions, but you have to earn your spot on a team. You know, you can do as well as you can on, uh, you know, in the world championships, world juniors, all that type of stuff. And yes, he's had great stats on the teams that he's played for. But again, you know, especially with the way that the league is now, guys have to fight for their spots. And I think that's the right thing the Flyers did. And yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we live in the age of, you know, uh, I was going to say transportation, participation. We do live in that age though. (laughs) Yeah, um, participation trophies, um, and then also, you know, everyone gets things handed to them. There's not, you know, that aspect of having to work for stuff. And Carter Gauthier, I think, is technically part of that generation. Uh, he um, definitely is. Yeah, so, you know, I think the overall theme of this, again, is that, well, everyone hates him in Philadelphia now, but with this other information coming out, it could also damage his reputation just around the whole NHL, which is I mean, it already, like has. already has. Yeah. Um, where when, you know, it comes time for him to go to Ducks training camp, if they even sign him, they haven't signed him to any sort of contract yet. Or if he even wants to, you know, play for the Ducks, if he pulls this on another team would be, you know, even more insane. Um, but, you know, I feel like he's just going to have to earn a spot and, any sort of harsh adversity or harsh reality, you know, the kid might just quit. So, and again, like I said last week, the NHL is a man's game. And if you're going to be a boy and not be mature about it and not want to earn ice time or, you know, anything like that, where 
if he ends up in a like in a Morgan Frost type situation where he's not doing too well or he's having a rough patch and he's getting healthy scratched for you know three four games at a time, is that going to cause problems? Like this kid needs to earn his keep like everyone else has in the NHL, whether it's coming up through the minors or anything like that. He's no Austin Matthews as far as I'm concerned. He's no Nate McKinnon. You know, he's potentially going to be an elite player in the NHL, but he has to prove that at the NHL level in training camp, preseason, whatever you want to call it, before, you know, he becomes any sort of household name. So, yeah, and, and there's plenty of elite prospects that were similar shoes to him that kind of had this cocky attitude going into the National Hockey League, and none of them really panned out to what people thought they were going to be. A biggest example I can think of is Jonathan Drouin. Yeah. And yes, he's had yes, he's had a solid career and he's got decent numbers this year with the Colorado Avalanche. And now he's been re- reunited with Nathan McKinnon. But you know, he was a third overall pick. And Tampa got rid of him. Then he went to Montreal and he kind of bounced around a little bit and he hasn't really lived up to the hype. Maybe that is in Cutter Gautier's future. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I think it's time that we've as we've had as we have, I think it's time that we move on as as Flyers fans. You know, I don't really I don't care about the kid at this point. We have Drive. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, our future dude at this point who's hopefully, you know, going to be – I keep saying, you know, but anyway. Um, he's going to be our number one defenseman for the long run. The kid's 21 years old. In Drysdale, yeah. Of a lot of, yeah. He's got a hell of a lot of time left in the league, hopefully, um, and just with a different team, different coaches, different setting. I mean, again, like you said, Dave, he's got two points in the two games that he has played. He's already thriving as far as I'm concerned. Um, We saw him on the power play get his first point with Morgan Frost the other night against the Montreal Canadiens. So, you know, he's doing what he needs to do, which is great. And we hope that that continues. Um, Yeah, he's he's already the best skater on the team. Yeah. In in the two games we've seen him play, he's already by far has the best wheels on the entire team. Just the, the plays he can make with his feet and his skating ability, it's... Unreal, and we haven't seen someone with this skating caliber on the back end in a very long time. Yeah, um, I think with that being said, too, you know, it's time that we close the book on the Carter Gautier saga. Maybe just yes. put it in a shelf where it's going to collect dust, and we say, "Good riddance, Cutter." Hope you know. I kind of hope the door does hit you on the way out, and. <laughs> Your your first game in Philadelphia is going to be a doozy. I'll tell you that. So I think we're both going to make sure we're there. Yeah. Um, but Dave, with that being said, um, we have more pod. I don't even know, I don't even know what you want to call the covered Gautier situation. Anyway, segue. Um, we have a lot of positives to talk about with the Flyers. Um, we last left everyone, I believe, after the Pittsburgh loss. Yes, on the eighth. Um, since then, the Flyers have played four games, three of which were on the road against some good teams. But um, I'll run through it here, Dave. I'll uh, like to lay down the scores, all that type of stuff, and I'll give you the talking stick to go through just your, you know, our your week in review here. Flyers on a four-game heater, as they call it. You know, they have their home game against the Montreal Canadiens back on the 10th. They win 3-2 in a shootout. Um, just, yeah, I'll just, again, I'll go through these. Uh, then again, on the 12th, they beat the Minnesota Wild in thrilling overtime fashion for three in Minnesota. Once again, they take down the 
arguably the best team in the league right now, the Winnipeg Jets, 2-0 in Winnipeg, and then round out their trip on Monday, yesterday, in St. Louis against the Blues and former Flyer Kevin Hayes and Braden Shen. Um, and, you know, they come off this road trip with six points, and they're back home. Uh, do they play tomorrow? They play Thursday no. evening. They're back home Thursday, I was going to say. Their next game's Thursday, back home against the Dallas Stars. But, I mean, just, again, Dave, you couldn't, you really can't ask for a better road trip. Um, you know, three of three on the road, again, against some good teams. And you come back home, and that's the momentum you need coming off a road trip to keep it rolling. Yeah, and they, they got they have a nice little homestand coming up. You know, they got Dallas Thursday night, Colorado. They have a back-to-back this weekend. Colorado Saturday, Ottawa and Caudreau on Sunday, and then next Tuesday, the 23rd, the Tampa Bay Lightning come to town. So that's a stretch of really – that's that's three good teams in Dallas, Colorado, and Tampa, and a not-so-great team in Ottawa. Um, but overall, you know, the Flyers are muy caliente, as they say. Uh, Four-game winning streak. They are currently in second place in the Metropolitan Division. And they're two points behind the New York Rangers for first place in the division. I don't think anyone saw this coming this year. Um, but since November 7th, when the Flyers lost to the winless San Jose Sharks, at a point in the season which I think all of us said, you know what, there it is. The hot runs over. They're going to be a crappy team the rest of the way. The Flyers have said, now hold on there a second. And they proceeded to go with the record of 19 wins seven losses, and five overtime slash shootout losses. So 19, seven, and five. In that same time span, since November 7th, there are only two other teams in the entire National Hockey League that have a better record, and they are those just former mentioned Winnipeg Jets yeah. and the Edmonton Oilers. The Flyers have taken one so far against the Jets in the 2-0 win just Saturday evening, and then went 1-1 in the season series against the Edmonton Oilers. They are, if not the hottest, one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League, and they are just full-on, full-stop, an impressive, good squad. I mean, I, I, I'm i running out of things to say because what else is there to say besides the same things every week? They're getting excellent goaltending from both goalies. Even though Carter Hart kind of is due for a, a clunker goal in every game, but he ends up getting a win. Um, both him and Air Hart and Harrison are phenomenal in that. Their defense has been stellar, um, especially this second pairing of Nick Sealer and and Sean Walker. I mean, holy hell! Um, and then you just throw in. I mean, Mark Stahl's good. Mark Stahl's look good when he's been in the lineup. Igor Zamula is flourishing and doing really well in the power play. And, of course, Ristolainen is becoming a literally stay-at-home prick, awesome defenseman to play against. And you've got Travis Sanheim and Cam York. Cam York is growing as a young defenseman, and mm-hmm. Travis Sanheim is finally showing everyone, oh, hey, I can be a number one defenseman in the National Hockey League. And then you go into their offense, and it's just lines one through four, just super good forechecking, offensive, oppressive skill. You know, by no means do they have like elite franchise, you know, level Brent breaking talent like a Connor McDavid or anything like that. They could have that in Mitchkov when he comes over from Russia. Um, but Sean Couturier, back to being an elite defensive forward. Morgan Frost, ever since this last scratching he had, 
has been a man possessed. And ever mm. since getting time with Jamie Drysdale, he's taken his game to another level. Um, Joel Farabee is one of the league leaders in scoring five on five. And it's not like getting, he's finally starting to click on the power play as well. Travis Konechny has been doing what Travis Konechny has been doing all year. Cam Atkinson finally had two goals and broke his huge scoreless drought Saturday against uh, Winnipeg. So things are really looking up and up. And I believe I saw today the Flyers have almost 70% chance to make the playoffs. 69. Oh, even better. 69% chance to make the nicest chance to make the playoffs. (laughs) So, I mean, as of right now, if you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan, there's really nothing to be angry when it comes to this current hockey club and the way they're playing. Um, and and they're, some of their wins are resilient. Like the Montreal shootout victory from last Wednesday, they were down 2 nothing in that game. They came back, tied it up, and dominated overtime. I thought they were going to win in overtime several times. Yeah. Um, but they get the shootout dub. Then the game against Minnesota, again, down early, came back. Won in overtime. And then they go into the game against Winnipeg and they find out they're going to be missing Sean Couturier due to a minor little injury. I believe it's an illness. Him and Drysdale both kind of had the flu essentially and they have been playing since. But they go into Winnipeg, arguably missing your newest talent wise best defenseman. And then you're missing your number one overall center. And where they make adjustments where needed in the lineup, they shut out the best team in the National Hockey League. I mean, and Sam Harrison just continuing to say, hey, I'm not a backup goalie. I might actually be a legitimate starter in this National Hockey League. So the Flyers have two of those. And they go into St. Louis last night, a game in which they were the only Philadelphia team playing last night. There was no other Philadelphia sports team <laughs> playing last night, to my knowledge, on television. Awkward silence there for a reason. Um, those who know, know. We're not going to discuss it. Um, But they come into St. Louis, a team who had been playing better since Craig Bruby got fired. They're playing against Braden Shen and Kevin Hayes, two former Flyers. And, you know, they pretty much, by the Blues, did bounce back. The Flyers are the better team for a full 60, and they earned the victory. Um, So, really, I'm ecstatic. I'm very, very happy. I when people have been talking, he's saying, but yes, Dave, isn't this following the trend that they've done in the past where they'll have a couple a couple bad years and they'll have one good year and then they're going to regress again. And my rebuttal to this, that point is this. This is not that same team that did those things where it was every other year or every two to one. The way they're playing, John Tortorella and this coaching staff have them playing a very fundamentally sound system. And the players have bought in, especially the younger players, like Morgan Frost now, who I would say he's bought in based off his recent play as of uh, as of late. But Travis Konechny, you know, being told by Tortorella, hey, you're no longer a young player. You're now a veteran on this team, and we need you to lead and play with that standard to your game, the way he's elevated, the way Owen Tippett's played. I mean, his goal last night was absolutely filthy. It's a goal of the year candidate, if you ask me. Um, uh, don't even get me started on tip. But they, they're they just, I don't see those scary warning signs going, yes, they're winning, but. No, the Flyers, 
even when they lose, you know, they, they lose, you go, okay, well, let's say X, Y, and Z correctly. But when they win, they win because they deserved it. And they were the better hockey team. And it's convincingly. They're doing all the little, they're doing, they're hitting the X, Y, and Z things you need to do to win hockey games and win them consecutively and keep it up going and keep the momentum going. And that's what they're doing. So, you know, I am a very happy fan. Yep. I am having fun following my hockey team again. Thank Christ. Because <laughs> let me tell you, as we said many times in this podcast, Matt, it was a stretch when I was be like, oh, here we go again. Got the pod tonight. We got to talk about this shitty team. But now you and I hop on and it's, hey, guess what? The Flyers are good and this is fun. So you're never going to hear me complain about that. Yeah, I got a couple things to say here. Good things though, um, and I'm I'm joking, but also not joking at the same time. Where I know, as I've said before, uh, once the Flyers become good again, I'm gonna gatekeep them. But uh, I've decided that I'll be a peaceful gatekeeper. Where now that we know that since there was no other team that played last night that didn't have their season end in crushing fashion, um, embarrassingly crushing fashion. Yes. The only two teams that are in action right now are the Sixers and the Flyers. And arguably the Philadelphia Wings, but, you know. The Union start up soon in a couple weeks. The Union are coming back soon. That's good. But, you know, the Flyers are great. Uh, Dave, I'm going to gatekeep here for a second. We've been here since the, you know, rock bottom. And we're, again, like you said, we're ecstatic. The Flyers are doing well again. I've been, you know, just we've been texting. I've been texting with my friends that are, you know, I have been the same like you and me where, you know, we're following this team through thick and thin no matter what, texting about stuff, you know, whether it's draft picks, all that jazz. So, you know, we're in the shit, as they said it. We already used to – I used the F-bomb already, so I can say it. It's fine. It's fine. Market explicit, but for the right reasons. Um, but, you know, I think it does best when – these things don't turn toxic where you want to bring new fans or, you know, quote unquote, fair weather fans into the fun because the Flyers have the homestand coming up. I'm sure the Wells Fargo Center is going to be rocking. Um, rightfully so. You know, it's great to see butts and seats again that aren't 70% for the other team, um, you know. The, the minority now is the road team, which is great because, like I said before, I saw a couple games last year where the majority was the road team, and it was like, you know, that, that scene in Revenge of the Sith where it's like, so this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause, like that type of thing. And I'm just like, somebody throw me off the roof. Anyway, um, I'm going to just welcome people with open arms and – I'll be your guide into the Flyers, into, you know, the journey that this team has come on and is still going on to this new era of orange. We'll call, you know, the uh, the, the dark ages before us here, uh, the mostly dark ages. But again, we're it's a new era of orange. We are finally going towards the light in a good way. Are we, are we enter, entering our renaissance period? Uh, Leaving the dark so. ages? Yeah. Um. But, you know, it's great. Like, I'm always willing to talk to someone and say, like, hey, you know, if I hear someone talking hockey, I'm going to be that guy that's going to be like, well, just so you know. <laughs> and you Have know, you heard? Oh, yeah. hockey. 
I'm going to be the, the well actually guy in a good way though. Like I don't want to, you know, I don't want everyone to steer away from trying to jump on the, do we, all right. Is it, is it out of the question to use the term bandwagon right now? No, I think bandwagon applies here. Okay. I, I, I welcome Eagles fans who are heartbroken Come join a hockey team there right now. Come join the only team in Philadelphia that hasn't given up on you this year. Because the yes. Phillies did, the Eagles did, the Sixers did last year in the postseason. I don't know Flyers, I think the Sixers are doing all okay right now, but I don't follow them because they don't have a Philly based owner. I've said that many times. I won't support them until they actually have a Philadelphia based ownership team. Will Smith get on it. Um True, but they're owned by the Devils, so screw them. They're owned by the Devils and the Washington Commanders. Make make it make sense. Um, but the Phillies gave up on the city this postseason. The Eagles certainly did. The Flyers, all aboard. Hop on. They give yeah. a damn. I was going to say, I want to just be like that Dr. Evil gif where it's like get him doing like the Kamir Scotty type of thing um, with me in like Flyers gear. Where it's like, come on, we'll, we'll help you out here. Like the more the merrier. Um, are, so, are, are Flyers bandwagon fans like a mini me? Maybe. Um, but like I said, I mean, I want as many people as possible to enjoy the the successes that this team has been having this season. And again, if someone is like, oh, you know, how did they become so good or why is this happening? Like what happened before? And it's like, let me weave you a tale of turmoil and, you know, I don't even think it's a word, but tumultuosity maybe could be a word. It's a word now, but um, just it's like it's like me being a grandfather and telling someone about the war. It's like, come sit on my come ha- come take a knee. I'll sit in my recliner and just you know talk to you about the flyers of old and where we have gotten to now and you know where we can go in the future. I mean, I'm all for it. I am you know, we said this before. We're all the way back now, and. Um, you know, I'm just waiting to buy my own Tippett Stadium Series jersey. I think I, I have officially decided that he will be my next Flyers jersey that I buy. Um, hopefully, I'll have enough money in the bank at some point, too, to buy a new home jersey, because I think those are awesome, too. Um, but, you know, we'll get that. We'll get to that bridge and cross it when we get there. I know I just gave a very roundabout sentence there. But anyway. It um, the Flyers, I mean, again, like you said, they're doing to other teams what teams did to them last year, where we said this, you know, countless amounts of times where they'd go down by a goal and they would just look defeated. Other teams, you know, don't really look like that, but that was just a Flyers thing, I guess. Maybe um, just a very, you know, zoomed in perspective from us. But anyway, like the Flyers scored late in the second period. Yeah, last last night against the Blues. With six seconds to go. Yeah. Period. Other teams did that to us multiple times last year, and now we're the ones putting a dagger in their leg right before the end of a period. Like, you love to see it. Um, Owen Tippett, his second highlight reel goal of the year. The dude is – I'm all in on the – I think they call the Tipper the tank engine today. I don't know if you saw that video of him getting the dog mask. Um, but oh, I like that. Tipper apparently, the tank engine. All, yeah, all of the guys in the locker room, they, like, do, like, the choo-choo train. Like oh, they that did video clip from practice was phenomenal. Yes. And that's, again, like, that should be what this team is. Like, having fun, 
you're loose. Like, you know, I mean, obviously they're winning, which is good, and it makes things easier. But it's like this team is just playing for each other, playing their game, you know, doing their thing. And it's they're almost like, you know, self-governing, if that's the right term. It's, it's a locker room that is collectively there for each and every person in it, and they want to win for each other. Yeah. Like, it's that that you can tell is a tight, tight, tight locker room in a good yep. way. But I'm, you know, I'm I'm so high on Tippett right now. I love it. Um, every time he scores, you know, my phrase is just tip season um, and season being spelled S-Z-N. Oh, um, has, yeah. it has to be spelled. As, yeah, as the kids spell it these days. Um, but, I mean, the dude is just, you know, we saw in the game against Montreal where he had, he clocked the fastest skating of any player this season going down the ice in overtime, I think at 26 miles per hour. Someone said the dude would have gotten a ticket in a school zone for skating so fast. <laughs> so, I mean, you talk about the wheels on this kid. He's got hands. He's got the size, too. I mean, he's not a small dude either. Um, but, I mean, I am, again, all over the tip train. Now you're seeing um, why he was the main player, the main piece we acquired in the Quadru trade. So maybe, uh, well done, Chuck Fletcher? Yeah, we're not going to give that guy credit. <laughs> we're going to say I, no, well done. I don't give, I give full well, credit well to done. John Torella for yeah, tipping from the play he's playing right now. Well done, Claude Giroux, for choosing Florida as your team. When he could have told, chose Colorado and won a cup, and now you're with Ottawa, and they suck. That's I mean, G, G, if, if you want to come back, I mean, I mean, I, I would... I was gonna want too much, but you could just be like, "Hey, listen, Ottawa, I don't, I don't care. Get me to Philly. I don't care if you lose the deal. Yeah. I would bring back Claude in two seconds. It's a possibility. But where do you put him in the lineup? You know, right now with his team, if you get Claude Drew. Where are you putting him on the team? And it's probably not gonna happen. He's probably gonna go to some other contender at the deadline. Um, yeah, uh, but well, I don't know. It's a good question to have. Like, oh, the Flyers were to go out and buy. And bring in a star forward, where would you put him in the lineup right now with how lines one through four are playing? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We just have to enjoy the moment that we're yes. in right now. You know, the Flyers beat the Winnipeg Jets. They're, like you said before, they're arguably the best team in the league. Not that they beat, they don't even just beat them, they shut them out with Sam Harrison getting his third shutout of the season. Um, you know, That's our halfway. Swedish stud goalie. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is the first time in recent memory that we've had a good goalie problem where, you know, instead of using eight different goalies in a season, we have two really solid goalies that can, you know, lean on each other. The team in front of them can play well, and they, you know, they play their game. They do what they need to do. They make saves, and they get these teams, you know, they get our team to win. They help our team win a hell of a a lot, whatever I'm trying to say. But anyway... Um, I know I really just gave no sort of, you know, analytical analysis and all that, but more kind of just fanboyed over how well the team is doing, but I spoke from the heart. That's yeah. What matters. I mean, I'm excited and you got to buy stock. Like the flyers are public stock right now. You got to buy in the later it gets, the more I'm going to say, but were you here in, you know, October of 2023? when things were, you know, semi-abysmal still and everyone was on edge about how the new regime was going to do. Like, you know, 
Uh, going back to October 2023, I remember I was at that game against the, the first game against the Ducks at home, and I was like, Flyers shall suck. Here we go. Yeah. Going to be a long year. And then, boy, they proved me wrong. I mean, I thought, like you said before, when they lost to the Sharks, I was like, damn it. I was like, you know. We they had a, would be the ones to do this. Yeah. I mean, that was maybe, again, and it seems like it has been a turning point where they knew they were better than that team. They knew that, you know, they had potential. And again and again, we've seen this team band together and be resilient, whether they're, you know, down by a goal or two. Obviously, they came came back in that wild game, which was wild, no pun intended, and they win in overtime. Um, I mean, you know, the Flyers, as they say, the Flyers themselves have said it in their Instagram and on Twitter and all that, where, you know, the team is running on vibes, and a team on vibes is dangerous in a good way. So the vibes only. If Yeah, if the vibes keep rolling, the Flyers are going to keep rolling, and – you know, Dave, I can speak for you, too, when I say this. Worry all for it. Um, and, you know, if you're not on the train now and if you miss it, hey, that's your fault. And you're going to miss out on some great hockey down the road here. So, um, yeah, uh, that's all really I had. <laughs> um, the Flyers are back home against the Stars on Thursday. Dave, did you want to add anything else? No, just they're they're. In the league standings, they're in ninth place overall in the entire National Hockey League. They're a top 10 team in the National Hockey League. They're 24, 14, and 6, good for 54 points. They have a .614 winning percentage. They've got a positive goal differential of plus 10. They're above 500 both at the Wells Fargo and on the road. And they've actually got a good shootout slash overtime record. They're 4 and 2. Yeah, it's just the vibes. Like you said, the vibes are high. This team is doing great. And I think every fan in Philadelphia, if you're not already a Flyers fan, become one. Because I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here. But the way this team is playing, the way we're seeing this locker room going. This could be the year. It could be a very special postseason. With how if they keep up the way they're playing, they they might not. And when I say special, I'm not saying they're oh they're gonna win the cup. No, I'm I'm not. I'm gonna pump the brakes there. But I would not be surprised if this team kind of did something similar to what they did back in 2000, um, 2007, 2008, yeah. where they go on a nice little run. They they might not make it to the to the to the peak. But you know what? They might win a couple rounds, and they might announce that they're really back for real. So, if you're a Philadelphia sports fan, you're not a real Flyers fan, hop on the bandwagon, all aboard. Let's go. Yeah, I will say too. I think um, the next like milestone is definitely the trade deadline. It'll be interesting to see what does happen um, around that time. But you know, like you said, we ride the vibes. And they carry us to where we need to go. Hopefully they continue to take us to positive places. And I'll just end it with, you know, like you said, Dave, hop on the wagon because we're rolling, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, Dave, I think that con- concludes our Flyers coverage for this week. Um, we're going to go around the league here uh, just with a couple things. Dave, I know you had something you want to touch on about Marc-Andre Fleury. 
uh, passing, I believe, Patrick Waugh. Yes. For all-time wins as a goalie. Uh, if you have the article up before I do, please go ahead and give us the lowdown. Hold on one second. Uh-huh. I have his stats up. Um, that works, too. But uh, Mark andre Fleury, per ESPN, have the article loading up now, has now cemented himself second place all-time in wins for a goaltender in the National Hockey League after posting a 5 nothing shutout. His 74th career shutout, I might add, um, with a win just last evening, Monday evening, against the New York Islanders. So, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury was a, a thorn in our side for many, many, many years when he was with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, but he's played 1,007 career National Hockey League games. He's got... Um, Nine. He's he started out of those 1,007. He started 978 of those games. He's won 552. He's lost 324, and he actually has two ties because he played in the era where ties still existed in the National Hockey League. Then, of course, uh, he's got 92 overtime or shootout losses. He's made. Almost 30,000 saves in his career. He has a 2.59 goals against average, a 9.12 save percentage, and, of course, those 79, 74 shutouts. And, of course, to go along with that, he also has 21 points as a goalie and assists. And then he's also earned 82 penalty minutes. Definitely a Hall of Fame career. Oh, yeah. And I think going forward, when... Hockey fans discuss the Mount Rushmore of goaltenders in the National Hockey League. Normally, you would say Patrick Waugh, Marty Berdur, Dominic Kasich. I think you got to include Mark Andre Fleury now on that list. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, you know, one of the go- obviously statistically one of the greatest goalies of all time. But I think, again, just looking back at his career and how far he's come going from team to team and finding success in multiple different settings. He's going to be talked about, uh, again, like you said, Dave, on the Mount Rushmore of, of goalies. Um, you know, I think it is, like you said, it's funny how he was a thorn in our side with the Penguins. But as it's gotten, as time has passed, uh, you know, aside from us not liking Pittsburgh as Flyers fans, when he went on to Vegas and then the, uh, the Wild, um, you know, you just kind of have respect for a guy like him and you want to see a guy like him continue to thrive, especially being a veteran goalie and in a game like the NHL today where some of those guys don't, you know, cut the mustard once they go to a different setting. So it's good to see him as a player and as a hockey fan, just, you know, continue to thrive in the situations that he's been in. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been through adversity. He broke in the league as a young up and comer was a backup, then took over that young starting role for Pittsburgh Won three cups there, boo, but it happened. <laughs> um, and then he gets kind of get worked out, gets picked by Vegas in the expansion draft. Yeah. Leads them for a while. Then they kind of do what Vegas does, and they th- get rid of players like no one no one cares. Goes to, goes to Chicago, does decent for a bad Blackhawks team, and then he gets traded to Minnesota. Um on Chicago where he's probably going to finish, you know, his career out as a member of the wild. 
And, you know, if I'm the Pittsburgh Penguins and Minnesota's clearly out of the playoff picture, if, 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 next couple, if the next couple coming weeks Minnesota's not in the playoff picture, if I'm the Penguins, they haven't really been getting great goaltending from Alex Nedeljkovic. That's a hard last name to say. And also Tristan Jari. I might look to bring Mark Andre Fleury back for one last go in a Penguins uniform. I know the fan base would love it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if it makes sense for the Penguins or not to do that deal, but I feel like it would be very fitting for Fleury to end his career where where he started it. Agreed. Um, the, it's the kind of the quote from Anchorman, you know, when uh, Mantooth, West Mantooth, says <laughs> to Ron Burgundy, "You son of a bitch, I may hate you." But goddamn, do I respect you? <laughs> Perfect quote. I love that. Phenomenal movie as well. Definitely. Uh, next topic of discussion, Dave, here on Around the League. Um, young gun Connor Bedard. Again, the news came out uh, earlier this month that he suffered a fractured jaw and was going to be out six to eight weeks. Uh, that timetable is still correct with his return, you know, being sometime, I guess, later next month. Um, actually, I saw someone say that I think February 21st is the exact six-week mark of his injury, and that would be the game that Chicago plays in Philadelphia against the Flyers. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. Um, but the good news is is that Bedard is already skating again. He skated for the first time on Monday, um, taking some time at the Blackhawks practice facility uh, the ar- article from Tracy Myers on NHL.com uh, said that he skated for about 45 minutes wearing a full face shield and did some light shooting. So, you know, obviously a fractured jaw is no joke. Anything having to do with the head is very serious as an injury. But, you know, when you fracture your jaw, I can't even imagine that. Um, but it's good to see a young player like him, you know, recovering so quickly, taking the right precautions to come back healthy. I'm sure he'll probably be wearing some sort of facial protection for a good chunk of the rest of this year, maybe even the full remainder of the season. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, we want a guy like him, especially being the future of the NHL, to get well soon and to be back on the ice and, you know, continue to do his thing. <laughs> I'm sure the NHL also probably wants him to win the Calder. So they're probably sweating a little bit right now with their script, so to speak, as they joke in the NH- or the NFL with the script about, you know, having a kid like him win the Rookie of the Year trophy being such a highly touted player. Yeah, I mean, he might not. If he misses enough time, another rookie's kind of overtake the race. He might have to not win the award. Yeah. Um, it might be a similar path to Connor McDavid. But um, it's great that he's already back on the ice and skating. This game is better with him playing in it um i know chicago fans want him back as soon as possible because their that team is absolute dog shit uh <laughs> so not a whole lot to look forward to in chicago besides bedard so um we'll see but it's glad that he's back to it and uh can't wait again until perhaps the blackhawks play the new the new jersey devils again because brandon smith my, he already had to fight Nick Foligno for it once, but he might he might have to fight someone else on the Blackhawks again yeah. for the hit. To be fair, I do want to put this out on the record. The hit was clean. It was a nice, solid hit. Sucks that he got hurt, but it was a good hit. So. Yeah, it didn't it didn't look any any sort of like you know 
Um, it wasn't an intentional dirty hit. It, it yeah. was a good, hard hockey hit with just an, an unfortunate result. Yeah. Um, and then, Dave, the last couple things here to end the podcast for the night on our Around the League segment. We have a little fun. We have two jersey watches that have happened in the past couple days or so. Um, one of which being the NHL All-Star Game jerseys, which I'll get to second. Hold your thoughts. Hold your thoughts. <laughs> I can see I can see that you're ready to, you know, rip them a new one, but I'll let you. you know, <laughs> Not really rip them a new one. We got to get I got to get through the first one first. Yes. The first one is pretty sick. Um, it was earlier today with the Tampa Bay Lightning releasing their uh, special edition Gasparilla jerseys. Gasparilla being a pirate-themed festival in Tampa Bay each year. Uh, these jerseys are actually pretty dope. Um, I, I hope they wear them. I think, yeah. Are they wearing them in warm-ups or anything at least? Oh, it says it's typically worn as a warm-up jersey before it's like a game. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. Where they should wear them during a game. Those things are sick. Yeah, um, so... I'm going to describe them as best I can. Obviously, this being an audio podcast, but if you want to see them, just look them up. There, you know, there's pictures of them. Uh, the front crest, where you know the lightning bolt usually is, has turned into a skull and cross swords instead of a skull and crossbones. Um, and then on the forehead of the skull, they have the usual Tampa Bay Lightning logo. Um, and then as the shoulder patch, they have the Tampa Bay Lightning kind of like the old school 04 type logo. But then around that is like the spoked wheel of a pirate ship, um, which is awesome. I mean, these types of jerseys are what I think should be worn in games. You know, you want people have it, you know, have the NHL be a little bit outlandish, so to speak. We know the Dallas Stars have their monster energy jerseys that (laughs) they, I mean, you know, have the lightning where, you know, I think it's cool, like, and, and, you know, the NBA gets a lot of flack for being, you know, quote-unquote sick league and all that. But I think the, the MLB does it, too, where you have these City Connect jerseys. Mm-hmm. I think that if the NHL could adapt that sort of thing, I don't know if City Connect is through Nike because those other leagues do their jerseys through Nike. But, you know, the NHL can do some sort of, like, obviously they've done reverse retros. They do third jerseys, and that does pay, you know, um, pay high. What is it? Homage or, homage or homage, whatever you want to call it, pays respect. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Yeah, it pays respects to, you know, teams, roots, all that type of stuff. And we've seen some cool ones over the years. We've seen some, you know, hits and misses. Uh, most recently, misses being the Rangers, New Jersey's. Um, two thumbs down on those. We already talked about that. But, I mean, these, you know, I'm going to give these no pun, well, pun intended. These are getting two swords up as thumbs um, because – I think these are great, and, you know, they're celebrating part of Tampa Bay's, you know, city fabric, if you will, um, and also, you know, an annual festival that goes on every year with pirate themes, all that type of stuff. You can make, you know, if I was a Lightning fan, I'd be buying one of these. If I had the money to spend on one of these in general, I'd buy one, um, but, you know, don't have that right now, and I'm trying to buy a Flyers jersey, so, but, you know. These are awesome, and I think the NHL needs to do more of this, you know, not just in the warm-ups, too. Wear these for the game. Yep. Um, 
So, but Dave, your thoughts on the Lightning's Gasparilla jerseys? I completely agree with you. I think they're phenomenal sweaters. And if I'm the Lightning, I try and find a way to make a full uniform out of it and adopt it as an alternate jersey. Yeah, they should full on do this. Full spend. Go. Make this happen. They're phenomenal. All right. And then our second one, as I'm trying to pull up the all-star jerseys. Oh, God, they're so bad. <laughs> they're so bad. Hold on, hold on. Let me at least go over this. Where's the art? I know, I know Jay Beebs was involved in them, but just, oh. Yeah. Beebs, so, stick to music. Uh, three days ago, Sun. no, not Sunday. This entire last few days have felt like it's bled together. Uh, the 13th, that was on Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Uh, the NHL finally revealed their All-Star Game jerseys for this season. Uh, the All-Star Game will be played in Toronto on February 3rd. Uh, and these jerseys were made in collaboration with Drew House, which is the fashion brand co-founded by global superstar Justin Bieber, according to NHL.com. Uh, so these were, you know, inspired, I guess, by his company. And this says, unlike previous seasons when the teams were split up by division, 2024 All-Star Weekend will feature the Tim Hortons NHL All-Star Player Draft uh, with players and celebrity captains picking four teams of 11 from the players selected by the All-Star Game and the NHL Fan Vote. Um, and this says... There will be four versions of the jersey, one for each all-star team, and include vibrant colors of blue, red, yellow, and white. The collection has a culturally relevant streetwear partnership to the NHL All-Star Game, respecting of each, respecting the tradition of each individual NHL club with a team shoulder patch. Um, the NHL Chief Brand Officer and Senior Executive Vice President Brian Jennings said, quote, the All-Star Weekend in Toronto is the perfect setting for a fresh perspective on the All-Star jersey. The vibrant colors in this year's All-Star collection are both youthful and classic and offer the perfect complement to the young NHL talent set to meet in Toronto for this year's NHL All-Star Weekend. Um, I'll try to describe these as best I can. Actually, I'll, I'll let the article do it for me. Um, this says the NHL's iconic shield features bubble letters and enlarged dimensions, and the crest is one of the largest ever on an NHL jersey at 22 inches high and spanning the full width of the sweater. Uh, <laughs> Before I let you go here, Dave, someone compared the stars on the big stars behind the NHL logo to, I think it was the Carl's Jr. logo, um, the fast food chain. <laughs> No free ads, but I thought that was funny. Um, my quick thoughts on these is that initially I was like, "Yikes!" But uh, there's a, that's the only reaction, Matt. Is yikes? There's there's no, no there's no redeeming quality to these sweaters. I think if they had more going on besides just the full chest slash torso you're trying too hard you're thinking too hard here to make them to make them sound good i don't know i'm i don't know uh go okay go ahead ahead. (laughs) they're just did did the nhl go to korea did the nhl go to justin bieber hey listen we want you to go to Reading, pennsylvania (laughs) to go to the crayola crayon factory store and go find a table of five-year-olds and say, here, design an NHL All-Star jersey. 
Because that's what they did. These things are hideous. They are horrendous. I don't know who, what, why, when, where, or how these things got approved. I just, it, it, it's another, it's, you're just adding on another reason as to why the NHL All-Star game is a big joke. And these jerseys just reinforce that idea. And maybe they'll look good on TV, but I highly doubt it. I think these things are so friggin' ugly. And I think the players are going to hate wearing them. And I don't understand why this idea ever got greenlit. It's awful. It's not good. I know Bieber is involved, I think, with Toronto's black alternate jersey they wear. Which I think is fine. I think that's a solid sweater. Where was that design level? You clearly didn't go to to Crayola for that one. (laughs) Um, But like I just said, I feel like Bieber and the NHL went to the Crayola Crayon Factory and let toddlers design these jerseys. Because I think they also remember back in the 90s, the different colored ketchups that Heinz made. They had this special funny, goofy logo. Purple That's what these kind of look like. Yeah. I do not see myself ever coming around on, on these sweaters. I think they're awful. They're hideous. They should be burned instantly and never worn. <laughs> I think I, the players should throw a coup d'etat and refuse to wear them. They're, they are that fucking ugly. <laughs> Um, I think I'm not, so I'm not trying to justify, I'm just going to, maybe we've gotten to the point where we are, we've become old men yell at cloud for, um, the, like the new slash younger, um, NHL. It's okay. (laughs) Cause it says obviously the perfect compliment to the young NHL talent. Um, and I, I mean, you know, I think. Some of the dudes on the Leafs are tight with Bieber, but I'd be interested to know what other players think of these things. Um, if I had to pick one of the four, that's what we'll do here, Dave. I'm going to force you to make a decision here. Oh, God. If you had to pick one of the four, what color would you want to get? I guess the blue, because it's in Toronto, so at least you're wearing the home team colors there a little bit. Yeah, I think I'd go blue, too, just because that's my favorite color. But also, like you said, there's just – I like when, like, you know, the big I mean, The, the nameplate cool. being essentially on the bottom of the jersey on the back and being in all lowercase letters. Yeah. Like, really? You put, you're putting the nameplate on their ass? Come on now. It's going to look like uh, – I don't even know if any of the European leagues do that. I mean, some players do jersey tucks. They're not going to see the nameplate. It's not going to be visible. Like, well, that's when the NHL is going to go, well, you know what else we have? Real-time player tracking. <laughs> Plus, we have boards that move every 10 seconds as well. So, yeah, this, this is going to be... NHL and their marketing. This is just uh, so bad. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, 
we all saw how excited Oliver Bjorkstrand was to cancel oh, he was... and go to go to you know scenic Toronto in the middle of in the beginning of did February. Did you hear what Seth Jarvis did? Apparently, there was a big movement by Carolina Hurricane fans to vote Seth Jarvis in the All Star game. The media brought up to him in Carolina, and he said, "Hey, fans, thanks, but no thanks. I already have a non-refundable vacation booked to Mexico that my wife and I are going to." Uh, so thanks, but no thanks. My money is already committed to going away on vacation. Got him. <sighs> so yeah, that that, is, that uh, tells you all what the NHL players think about the All-Star game. None of them want to go do it. So this says that the NHL and Drew House presents a distinctive opportunity to transcend conventional uniform design, seamlessly merging the realms of sport and youth culture. If this is the youth culture, I'm frightened. The youths. The two walls. So. Another great movie reference there. Oh, they also re... I don't know. Re, is reimagined the right word for the skills competition right here? They did use that. Um, yeah, I think only select few players are participating. I think we, we can dive in this as we get closer to the All-Star game, Matt. But not something that's, we need to really harp too much on now besides these jerseys just being atrocious yeah well i guess we'll get to see travis connecting in one of them i bet he's thrilled yeah um before we go though dave again on the topic of jersey watches i'm gonna make a bold prediction here and say that the flyers will release their stadium series jerseys sometime before the end of this week um because we are a month away Tomorrow is officially a month away from game day when the Flyers play the Devils in the stadium series at MetLife Stadium. So, you know, I don't know. Again, I could go into a whole spiel about the NHL and their, you know, their marketing here. But what do I know? I'm just an HR guy. Um, So, but hopefully we'll have a jersey watch for the Flyers and the Devils, uh, maybe even the Rangers and the Islanders because they're also the game that plays on Sunday after the Flyers-Devils game on Saturday night, but who knows? And we very well could be saying that they all suck too. Um, God, I hope not. (laughs) I'm dreading the fact that they're going to be similar to the ones that the war – that like I think we said this before, they're going to be similar to the ones that the Flyers and Penguins wore at the link in 2019. <sighs> we'll see. That jersey has grown on me, and I do own I own two of them. It's and just I, I like them like now. A, yeah, it's just going to be like a two tone, I guess orange and black, or I guess white and orange. I don't know, because um, obviously the Flyers are the away team in that game. Um, so it, you know the Devils, I would think, would go with red and black. But uh, we're red and green if they want to throw it back to their old school colors. Yeah, I don't know. I know the one thing I've seen on Twitter is like I think someone posted it where it was like a scarf at the Prudential Center. It was an all red scarf with an all black Devils logo on it, which could have been the first hint at Stadium Series gear. But, you know, who knows if that's accurate or not. So we'll find out. We'll see, Um, you know, hopefully these jerseys. That's the other thing that sucks, too, is, like, the people that want to buy these jerseys, I'm lucky enough to be going to the game on the 27th against the Bruins. I'm hoping they come out by then because then I'll just, you know, hopefully buy one at the arena. But it's, like, 
people are going to order these jerseys online. They might not even get here for the game. Thanks so. to great old fanatics. Yeah. Or uh, order them directly through the team, through the shop, Wells Fargo Center website. Because then you're yeah. actually getting a jersey that was stitched by the people who stitched the jerseys for the team. Yeah. Do that. Do not order them through fanatics. For the love of God, people listen to this podcast. We'll Never do, order from fanatics. We'll Bad idea. A, a summer podcast about, you know, just all about NHL marketing and all of our gripes that we have with how they do things. But, you know, we'll and save we'll that, that for We'll later. have to shove that sometime for July. Put it in the notes. Um, but with that being said, Dave, I think that does it for me personally here tonight for this week. As usual, I'll give you the talking stick and, you know, let us let you take us home for the week. Yes, this is now the point of the podcast where I tell all of you, our lovely listeners, if you like what we do and you like our podcast, you should check out our affiliates in the Power Street Bullies, our affiliates who just had one of the radio voices of the Flyers, Jason Martinez, on their pod, most recent podcast that dropped just this Sunday evening, I believe. Yeah. Um, so their most up-to-date podcast features Jason Martinez. 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 It has a T. Martinez. Martinez. Yes. Okay. Well, sorry, Jason. I, I think Jason, I believe, follows the pod on Twitter. So Jason Martinez, sorry if you listen to this and I butchered your name. <laughs> Just come on the pod. Join us. Why don't you come on the pod? We'll discuss. You can give me crap for it. Come on the well, podcast well, and tell us what your last name is, how your last name yeah. is pronounced. Yes, but big pod for those boys. Check it out. Listen to the pod street, boys. Um, on the, on that note to everyone, thank you as always for your listens and your supports master and I really do appreciate it. But with that, everyone enjoy your time upcoming, watch the flyers, Philly fans on the bandwagon, hop on, welcome aboard. Let's go flyers. Good night and good hockey.